Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Young girl, don't cry. I'll be ready when your world starts to fall.
I love that song. Whoa, that really ended quick. We're having a little bit of difficulty on on the um, studio today. Welcome to Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. And today my guest is Betsy Otter Thompson. I love having Betsy on. Uh, She is a published author as well as has worked in the entertainment industry and has a really interesting story. Um, And... We're going to be talking a little bit today about her books, um, Walking Through Illusion, Love Parent, um, the What If I book. She's got quite a few really amazing books out there, and it's always really great having Betsy on because we get to really talk about the real stuff that's going on. If you'd like to call into the studio and speak with either myself or Betsy, um, our number is 347 And the chat room is open if you'd like to go into the chat room. You do need to create an account. And the show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media On Demand afterwards. And with that, I'm going to bring Betsy into the room here, and we're going to talk a little bit more. Hey, Betsy, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. See, I got the music right. Yeah, it was really weird. I had all this music re- downloaded for uh, your show today, and for some reason it just kept it just kept wanting to play yesterday, yesterday's music. <laughs> well, it sounded beautiful. I love I love the the uh, song you chose. Christina Aguilera is amazing. That is her song, The Voice, and um, it's just such a great song. And I think that there are a lot of people that can really really relate to that song and its meanings. And I know that that would be a great song to open up with on your show because you have written so many books about how to walk through the illusion and um, love parenting and then the What If I book. And I know your background and stuff is you worked with Castle Rock Entertainment. Um, You were assistant to the chairman and CEO. And you decided, and you followed him to Warner Brothers, and then you decided to... uh, um, take on full-time writing. So that's kind of cool. And you know what? I wanted to tell you, your daughter's been painting. I've been seeing these amazing paintings you've been posting, and they're beautiful. Yeah, they're I know. They're beautiful. Both two daughters. I have two daughters, <clears throat> daughters and uh, and they're they're really fantastic. I think they're fantastic anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> but they're great <laughs> pictures. Yeah, great. they are. They're, they're very good they at what they Yes. Yeah. Do, can you hear me okay? Is my yeah, fading in and out? That better? Can you hear me better now? I can hear you. We're totally okay. fine. Okay. Yeah. So, so Betsy, why don't you tell our audience? Because I've had you on quite a few times, and I love having you on because it's always such a great show, and you just get real information out of it. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are, and um, and then we can go on into your books and talk a little bit more about um, New Year's and how everybody, you know, the the new year and, and what you're doing now currently and what projects you're working on. Okay. Well, I guess um, I, I sort of would divide my life into two halves, the first <laughs> half and the second half. And and um, I have this wonderful gift of being able to communicate with spirit, and I knew I could do it when I was about five years old. Uh, mm-hmm. My mother was talking about her her. Uh, her grandmother, who was my great-grandmother, who had died a few days before I was born, and she loved this woman so much and was always talking about her and telling me how much I looked like her. And um, even when I was 
uh, that young, I was having trouble getting along with my mother, so I thought the fact that I looked like somebody she loved was something I should investigate. And so I started talking to this woman at nighttime, and uh, a voice responded, and it seemed like the most natural thing in the world to me. I didn't really think too much about it. I just enjoyed it for a couple of weeks, and I, I assumed that what I could do, everybody could do. And so I went to my older sister, and I told her that I was talking to our great-grandmother, and I asked her who she spoke to. And, of course, she she just went ballistic and um teased me unmercifully for weeks, and so I, I thought, well, my goodness, if this is how my sister reacts, how will other people react if she tells them? And so I stopped doing it, and uh, it wasn't until years later when I was in California um, and uh, almost homeless that um, I, I decided to acknowledge the gift again, and it happened because I felt that my the first half of my life was all about blame, blaming other people for everything that went wrong in my life, uh, and uh, and really I think that the idea of always blaming others or being in that negative frame of mind sort of expanded around me and brought people into my life who were also negative, and that really took me to almost being homeless. And when I got to that point, it was as if I had to I had to figure out how to pull myself out of this. Uh, I had to try something different, and uh, I, I w- did the course for I, somebody had invited me to go somewhere for an evening, and it was to hear Marianne Williamson speak. I had no idea what I was getting in for when I said I'd love to go, uh, and when I heard Marianne speak, it was she was talking about responsibility, and the course is a lot about responsibility, taking responsibility for your life, for your choices, uh, not blaming other people. Um, no one else is to blame for the choices you make, no matter how much you tell yourself they are. And so one of the things that I decided to take responsibility for was this gift. And um, so I, I started using it, and um, I remember saying a prayer one night that uh, I, I was very poor. I had no money. I was in a one-room apartment in Glendale, California, and uh, roach-infested and, and uh, not too pleasant. And I said a prayer that I wanted to, I wanted to honor the gift. I wanted to share what I heard with other people. I would conscientiously write down the messages I heard, but I sure needed a job to support me while I did it. And three weeks later, I had the job. The second day, Castle Rock Entertainment was in business working for the chairman and CEO. And um, and everything seemed to change in my life. Everything seemed to turn around as I honored this gift because it was almost as if the universe said to me, okay, if you're ready, we're ready, and here we go. And it's been a completely different journey uh, after I said I would be who I am, I will be my authentic myself, and I'll let the chips fall where they may. And the chips fell very pleasantly for me after that, and uh, I stayed with the same man for the next 18 years when he went to Warner Brothers. And uh, I did so well financially from nothing to enough to that I could retire 18 years later. So it was a complete, you know, to write full time. That was my purpose. And so it was a complete turnaround. And it was a miracle for me. And I think that that's how miracles come to you from a transformation of thought. When you change how you are thinking about something, then the picture reflects your thoughts. And that's that, I feel, is what happened to me in that instance. And I think that's what happens with all miracles. And I've had other miracles that have happened from the same kind of transformation of thought. And so I've been writing... Um, And uh, I self-published four books, and then I got the fifth book published by a publishing company and the sixth book published by a publishing company. And at this point, I am 
uh, I wrote these books a while ago, and so I am uh, re-editing them and getting them up on Amazon. And uh, I've gotten two of them up, the What Happens If I book and Love Parent, and I'm working on the third. And we'll do that, and then the fourth one I get, well, that, I will get that one up. And so that's what my projects are these days. You're so funny. <laughs> that was a lot, huh? Yeah. And also Walking Through Illusion, which was the first book um, that I was able and was gifted by you to read. And that book really, really is such a great book. Um, I I think anyone out there, this is a really good handbook to really read. I like all your little stories throughout the book as well. As you and I spoke before when we were talking about the books, each and each book is different. Um the What If I book was really cute and really fun because you had so many of your own different little stories in there which kind of I could relate to. And um, I'm sure a lot of people that would pick up the book would be able to relate to that. You said yeah. some really interesting thing earlier um, in the conversation about people taking responsibility for their own actions and um, not blaming the world. And I think I think that's one of the major things that um, we as a society tend to do is we always put the blame on something else other than owning whatever it is that we may be part of or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I think it's really hard for some people if they're in a relationship with someone that does that or if they're themselves doing it. What advice would you give to someone that really... Um, is caught in that trap. Well, the problem is that when you blame other people uh, for your problems, you make yourself helpless because if they are the reason that you are having the problems, then what are you supposed to do? They are supposed to change, and you want them to be different. And, and people change for their own growth. They don't change for your growth, and they change when they're ready to grow, not just because you want them to. And mm-hmm. But they, other people don't have anything to do with <clears throat> our problems, even though it looks like they do. Uh, we really set up our own uh, our own emotional futures by the way we are handling the moment. Uh, we, it's um, the the, re- the world of reality is really emotion. If you think about your childhood when you were young, you remember things that are associated with strong emotions, and the things that don't have any strong emotion attached to them is as if they don't exist anymore because they aren't in your memory anymore. So they aren't a part of your life. So the things that are, uh, that we are on an emotional journey, and whether or not we are having a good time is whether we're emotionally pleased or happy with what is going on. And therefore, we have to look at things in a positive frame of mind, even when things are off kilter or we feel that things aren't going right. We have to find what is right about it because our souls are all wise, and so therefore our souls never have us wasting a moment of our lives. They always have us where it's right for us to be or it's timely for us to be for the growth that we need to embrace. And so therefore it's about finding where we grew from what happened. Now, I'm not Mm -hmm. not. I'm not negating what the things that happened to me that were that that felt very negative to me. What I'm saying is I had to look at it from a positive point of view. What did I learn because I went through this? And as soon as you mm-hmm. do that, you switch you switch all the energy around to being grateful for the growth instead of being unhappy about the incident. Right, exactly. And I want to give your website out real quick, BetsyThompson.com. And um, what's really cool is her books are all on there, and she has a blog, and she's on Twitter, a YouTube channel. She's on LinkedIn. She's on Facebook. And what I want to see on Facebook, what's really cool is every day 
um, Betsy puts a quote out. I um, Some of those quotes just sometimes are dead on what I need to hear that day. And I know my mom's listening, too, and she does the same. She, she reposts them, too. It, I know that I found myself reposting a lot of times um, the quotes that you um, put up on the on Facebook. Um, let's talk about your first book that you wrote and what and how that came about and what kind of journey you went on with that. Now, which book are you referring to right now? Your very first book that you wrote, the first the one. First- the very first book that I wrote was Love Parent. And mm-hmm. the, reason I, the reason I wrote that book was that um, I'd had some issues when I was raising my children, and I had a good friend of mine who shared, uh, who mirrored me, I guess, in the fact that she had had issues with her children, too. And so she, when I, when I had this gift and I was sharing the idea that I had this gift with her, and she said, gosh, I would really love it if you wrote a book about parenting uh, and to see what the spirit's point of view would be about that. And so I thought that was a wonderful idea for my own growth as well. And so I, I wrote a book. I had no idea how it was going to turn out. You know, when I sit down to write, I have I have no agenda. I have no chapter outline. I have nothing. I just sit down and I say, okay, spirit, let's go. And so it was a, this amazing book of, of all the from the from the right from the point where spirit decides to come into humanness and what that what spirit goes through before it even births into this idea of matter, uh, right up through um, the, the time when the child becomes independent and the chapters were uh, the, the sequence along the way of the growth and and so it was a, a wonderful book for me to learn myself about um, uh, parenting and make me a better parent to my children even though they were grown at that point but. Um, it was, you know, it takes the, the it takes parenting from the point of view of spirit, which I don't think there's ever been another book that's been written uh, from that point of view, and what what spirit comes here for, and the challenge that it that it sets up for itself. And so, when I had that point of view, it even made my own life clearer to me from the point of view that I I set up my own challenges, and um, so that because they were the challenges that my soul believed would force me to find love eventually or I would leave here. I mean, you come here with your challenges, and if you refuse to deal with them, what's the point of being here? So I think if you're someone who's come here to deal with challenges and you're not dealing with them, you probably leave pretty soon or you leave early because your soul will say, well, if this, if, if this dream isn't working, I might as well check out and try again. <laughs> you know, try again. No, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So we do. We all, have a, we all have a holy purpose and a divine purpose for being here. And um, therefore, it behooves us to pay attention to what's going on. I think that is so important, and a lot of people really don't understand. If they find, if you find yourself having um, a gift, sort of, or maybe not. Let's not even use the word gift. Let's say you know a knowing or something like you were able to communicate with spirit. I think that you need to acknowledge it and not run away from it because we're all given certain things to be able to bring into this world and a lot of times there are things to enlighten people i think that your gift betsy has helped so many other people with your books your amazing books um that you've written um what do you think about that statement i'm sorry my voice is going Uh. (laughs) it just just took me a while to get there Mm -hmm. and and I think that I had to go through what I went through before in order to get there. And so I think that in that from that point of view, everybody is on the journey they need to be on. Their soul is keeping them on track whether they realize it or not. Because I had to go through uh, 
what I, I had to go through the blame to really understand the miracle that happened for me after I stopped blaming because the comparison was so vivid. And, uh, and I had to, um, you know, I just know that it was part of my journey to go through that. And so whatever people are going through, it is part of their journey. But they, they can mm-hmm. always, you can always, uh, you know, and I think that also people find what they need to find when they need to find it. So if people need to find my books with the idea of, of taking responsibility or anyone else's book about the idea of taking responsibility, they find it when they're ready to accept the idea. And if they if they run across it before that time, it won't do them any good anyway because your heart has to be open to, to a certain extent to say, wait a minute, um, uh, you know, who is running my life anyway? You know, what is this? What am I? What am I doing here? And what's this all about? You have to be willing to at least acknowledge that something isn't going the way you feel it should be going, or things aren't working out from the the, the, the plan you have right now, or, or whatever whatever belief system you have now now is not working. So what will make it work? And as soon as you ask mm-hmm. that question. So what will make my life work? You can be sure that God's going to pour all kinds of things into your life that will give you a clue of how to go forward from that point on because I don't think that your soul, there's anything your soul wants to hear more than how can I make this better, how can I grow, how can I expand this journey. Oh, no, totally. I think that you're spot on with that. And I think that a lot of people don't realize also as well is that we have things that we're sent here to do, and I think that you were definitely sent here to write these books. Do you miss the entertainment industry at all? Is it something that you um, really, I mean, it was a growing experience, obviously, for you. I mean, to work for Castle Rock and then to go to Warner Brothers, I mean, that's like really, like to someone in the entertainment industry, that's huge. But for you, I think you were very humbled by that, that feeling from you. Well, the, the thing is, Holly, in the, in the kind of job that I had, um, mm-hmm. I, I was, uh, uh, I mean, an assistant, I was an assistant to an executive, and and my life didn't really center around the entertainment business per se. It, it centered around my boss's office and making his life easier. And I, I don't, I was very, very grateful for the job, and I was very, very grateful to be working for such a nice person who I loved dearly and loved his wife and loved his children. And so I felt very um, uh, blessed to have that job. And But mm-hmm. I didn't feel that I was a part of the entertainment business, so to speak, except, uh, you know, we sort of had a, you know, that when you're working for them, someone like that, you're sort of in an ivory tower, and you're kind of in your own little place, and you don't really... Uh, I mean, I didn't know except from observing anything about the entertainment business. I mean, I, I didn't have friends who were movie stars or anything like that. So um, my life was uh, with the people who worked at my company. And, and it was just like, you know, it was like any other job. You work hard. It was a, it was a hard job. It was a lot of pressure to make things work. And, um, and anybody who has a job like that is demanding, but that that's, comes with a job. Uh, and you have to just uh, but it was you know it's not it's not an easy job to have it's it's not um, it's like any job you know you have to do your best and and take responsibility you also had a lot of lessons about taking responsibility when things went wrong because when i first got there i was wanted to blame you know I was in the, still into the blame thing and uh learning to get out of that and and i had to learn to take responsibility and and when i did take responsibility everything just got easier 
because you know when you take responsibility for something and you tell your boss, "I am responsible for that happening," he's he's he heaves a sigh of relief. Well, she knows she's responsible, then she knows how to fix it. But if you refuse to take responsibility, he's going to worry. Oh my God, is she going to remember the next time? What's going to happen the next time? <laughs> it makes mm-hmm. everything easier when you take responsibility for what's going on. Uh, and um, and so, you know, the the job was full of lessons for me and growth. It was a, a great blessing in my life. It was it was the perfect job for me, and and he was a great person to work for. I learned a lot of things about about life. And, and in fact, one of the most important ideas I learned working for him, this man was because he had he didn't really um, believe the ideas that I believed. Uh, he he said he wished he did, but he didn't. But the thing is, it didn't matter because he lived a life of integrity. So he was living the ideas even though he didn't he didn't said he didn't believe them. It which really showed me that it doesn't matter what you believe, if your beliefs if you're living the kind of life that you hope other people will live with you, it doesn't matter what you say you believe. You're creating the kind of life you want because you're being the person you hope others will be. And that's really the bottom line. Yeah, no, you know, that is that is very true. And I would like to know what advice would you give um, to you being a parent? I know that you, when you were having your, when you had your daughters and you were working and you were writing, what advice would you give to a parent that really wants to really tune into them, wants to do something for themselves, but they find themselves doing much more for their kids and they don't really take time out for who they are? What would you advise somebody on that? Well, I think that you teach your children to honor themselves by honoring yourself. Mhm. I, mean, you I think that that <clears> there's <throat> the key word. Yeah. Now, what are you What are you teaching your children if you sacrifice constantly? What you're telling them is it's okay to sacrifice, and so they grow up and they think it's okay to, that the way to happiness is sacrifice. Is that what you want your children to? Is that how you want it to be? Yeah, so, and yes. you know, and a lot of people don't understand. Um, they feel guilty. So that's the part that also really needs, people really need to understand. It's called self-acceptance, you know, accepting who you are and what you're doing and stuff like that. I think that's important, too. Um, And I don't think a lot of people do that. I don't think that they really accept who they really are, and they're kind of living for the other person in their life. Um, And I think that you took, you walked out of that and wrote these books and, Raised your daughters, and how old are your daughters now? Where are they? No, how old are they now? They're they're uh, painting, obviously. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're uh, ones in their her fifties, and the others in her forties. Wow. And, yeah, and and um, and I have two other children, two boys too, <laughs> and um, but I think that you 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 uh, demonstrate what you. You, you live what you hope your children will, you know, I didn't always, I have to say, I didn't always demonstrate what I hoped for them. I wasn't a perfect person. I wasn't a perfect parent. Uh, I, I had a lot of, I did a lot of things that I probably could have done better. And I'm no different from anybody else. But I think that you, when you honor yourself, you teach your children to honor themselves. And when you don't yeah, no, honor that that is true. You lead by example, right? Do you lead by example? You can. Mm-hmm. I mean, any teenager will tell you that they don't listen to the words that are, they hear over and over and over again. I mean, they just goes in one ear and out the other. Uh, they want. They want to see you living what your words. Yeah, and you know what's also really important is that um, when they see you and the way that you react and your your 
scruples, I guess you should say, or your your integrity that you have for yourself, you're hoping that you pass that integrity on to your children and that they pick that up. Yes, and children come here. My children have come here for their own journey, too. You can't you can't prejudge a journey. You know, children need to go through whatever they need to go through, too. And 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 I have to get I had to get to the point where I said I don't have the knowledge I don't know what they need to live I don't know what they came here to live I don't know what their their soul's plan was nobody knows that for another person and so you have to at some point say let go and say that person has a soul that's every bit as wise as the soul in me and that person knows mm-hmm. what here to do and what they came here to do and how long it would take them to get there and what would they would go through to get there. I don't, I don't know that. And I, and I think that's, uh, you know, something we need to expand to everybody. We know not just our children. We don't know the role that, came, that people came here to play. And just because that role doesn't look pleasant to us doesn't mean it's not equally important to any other role a person is playing. And that there brings up something that I would like to discuss with you and maybe you can um, help our listeners understand. You know, in life, we all have limits, and we all have, you know, certain levels that we can, we freak out on, and everybody's different. It's like they say the straw that broke the camel's back and this and that. We all have our levels of stress we can we can take, and I think everyone's different, and something that might just, you know, freak one person out within a short period of time another person could live and be able to handle as well as possible until it finally gets to the point. Um, I'm trying to explain to some people in my life that everybody has a different level of pain that they can endure or, or stress they can endure. Everybody's different, and they don't get that. They don't understand that. They think it's all about them. So that's the part that I think is really important that people realize that it's not just about them, it's about everybody, you know. And they need to they need to understand that the point is everybody has a different level that they can reach. Yeah, everybody that has you, a different journey. Everybody has different goals when they come mm-hmm. here. Uh, their goal, uh, some, your child's goal, your friend's goal may be completely and totally and utterly different from yours. I, I remember mm-hmm. going through an experience where I was shown very vividly how I was being with a friend of mine. Um, she was going through some changes in her life and making some life decisions, and I was acting as if I knew better than she did what she should be what she should decide to do and it was very patronizing of me and so therefore my mirror showed up at work <laughs> with somebody who was being very patronizing with me and it wasn't until I uh I I went home and I said okay I don't like this mirror that I'm that's facing me I don't like this person behaving this way with me acting like I don't know what I'm doing that I can't do my job that that I'm you know that I'm not the person who should be in this job. I don't like that. So what am I, how am I, you know, well, how am I creating this uncomfortable emotional situation for myself by creating an uncomfortable emotional situation for someone else along the same line? And, of course, I thought of her immediately, and I realized what I was doing, that I had no idea what her path is, and I was acting like I did and uh, acting like I was wiser than she was. And so I called her immediately to set the, the record straight and told her that I knew her soul was wise for her journey and she would feel instinctively what she needed to do and I blessed whatever decision she made and then everything changed for me with this person at work because as soon as I got out of that 
and released myself from that patronizing attitude that I had. The other person didn't bother me anymore. They were still the same person, but it didn't bother me. I would just look at it, and it would just be like it would just bounce off my aura because it, it didn't impact me emotionally like it had before because it wasn't one of my emotions. I think we all have this aura around us, and our aura represents all the emotions we're putting out into the universe. So if an, a compatible emotion comes towards us, we have opened the door for it to hit us in our heart and emotionally and have that impact. If we aren't putting it out there, we just notice it and it, and it doesn't mean anything. And so that was a big lesson to me about how I find my mirror every day of my life, my emotional mirror in other people. And if I am behaving a certain way, I'm going to attract that same kind of energy into my life. And if I stop behaving that way, that energy will dissipate and not bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a lot of people that don't that are tuning in late, again, I have Betsy Otter Thompson on, and if you missed the beginning of this show, the show will be available on iTunes and on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio afterwards. Um, you know, for a lot of people that are listening, also they don't. For people that don't understand what an aura is, why don't you explain that to people so they understand what an aura is? Well, I think uh, what well, to me, as far as I understand it, we all we mm-hmm. all have, uh, uh, <clears throat> and we all are energy, and energy has a light to it, and it. Uh, uh, and if you if you um sometimes you can see the light around a person some people see it more clearly than others some people don't see it but uh, everything has a light if you if you're driving along and there you're seeing trees out the window you sometimes can see the light behind around the tree because uh, everything is is energy and everything ha- is is uh and energy has this light to it and so in this in the light that you is around you it it all represents uh, to me the emotion that you express and so uh, the the more love you have in your heart, the brighter your light becomes. And um, but it, it it is it is an energy field, and therefore the energy that you put out into the universe towards your friends, your family, or whoever, you're uh, you attract it back because the universe always lives in balance. It's it's basic physics. Whatever goes up comes down. What goes around comes around. What you put out comes back. And so therefore you have an opening in your aura for any emotion that you are giving to other people. If you're giving love, it's wonderful. All that love comes back to you and you feel it in abundance and it's a great it's a great feeling. If you're putting out cruelty and patronization and ugly thoughts, then it all comes back. You track that same thing back to you and it penetrates your aura because it's part of your aura and it's compatible with your aura. So if you want to attract good positive energy to you, you have to have that energy yourself in order to attract it back. It's uh, To put it this in, like, in a more basic form, people come to me and they say they want to find the perfect mate, and I say, okay, write down on a piece of paper all the qualities you want this perfect person to have or this perfect mate to have. You want them to be considerate, consider, uh, you know, uh, interested in your career, blah. Anyway, you can make a list of 20, 25, whatever you want in your mate. And then I say, okay, now I want you to keep this, you know, p- this piece of paper by you every day and start giving the qualities that you want the other person to have, start giving them to other people because that's the only way you're going to attract that person into your life. If you aren't behaving the way you want the other person, this perfect mate to behave, that perfect mate is off finding somebody else who reflects his aura, not your aura. So exactly. 
you have to, this is basic common sense. Physics is basic common sense. Common sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's like I always have, I have a box. I have a prayer box. I put different things into as I'm trying to manifest certain things. And I think that's a really cool way because it's kind of like giving yourself hope at the same time. Do you have one of those boxes that some people call them God boxes, some people call them wish boxes, and or you just write down un, unsent letters or anything like that. You put them in a box and you kind of focus on that. What do you think I about don't have that? One, but I think if it, if it pleases you and it makes it easier for you to remember what you, what you want to think about, it's a wonderful idea. It's one of those mm-hmm. things that whatever works, you know, whatever works for you is what you need to do. And, you know, unsent unsent letters and prayers that people, um, I find myself, um, you know, praying so much more during times I'm just like, wow, this is just like something that we all need to really focus on. And, you know, when you when you see the world in such great disarray and you see things around you that just don't feel right, I think that we come back to ourselves because that's the only thing that we really have at that point. Don't you don't you agree on that one? I think that the world is is um I think if we keep, if we're always focused on what's going on around us, uh mm-hmm. we're being distracted by ego because ego wants you focused on other people and other things and other events not on your not on you know holding on inside of yourself what's important to you. Uh, love wants you to appreciate yourself and to Give off whatever you want other people to bring back to you. Uh, mm-hmm. Ego wants to focus on other people so you never think about that. So you're always focused on what's wrong. What's wrong here? What's wrong where? What's wrong in Europe? What's wrong in South America? What's right. Wrong, you know, instead of what's right where I am. And so mm-hmm. that's how you stay focused by remembering that you have in your life what's important for you to have and that you have in your life the people who are teaching you about yourself you have everything. Your soul is so, so wise. It always has you where you need to be. You just have to trust that your soul is wise and learn from what's around you and learn from who you do have in your life. And if you have people in your life who aren't honoring you, it means you aren't honoring yourself. And so they are a gift in that way because they are showing you what you need to work on. Everyone is a gift this way. I truly, truly believe that. And I know you were talking something else about um, the idea that maybe reminded me of something that happened to me that was very important and part of an important part of my growth when when um, I had a, a person who I was working for at one time not not in this job but another job and um, I couldn't I couldn't get along with her and I would go home every night saying I I can't stand her I don't know why she has that job she's not good enough for the job all this negative 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 stuff about her and although I never said it to her face and I never said it to anyone behind her back she could feel it and she reacted to that feeling and so it was a very unpleasant relationship and I came home and I and I started working on myself and saying you know I have to I want to see if I want to experiment. It was almost like an experiment with myself to see if I could somehow, through the power of thought, change that relationship. And so I started, it was a bad habit I was in. It was nothing more than just a bad habit of looking for what was wrong about this person instead of looking for what was right about her. So I started thinking of what what was good about her, why she did have the job, the qualities she did have that were good, and I just 
kept going over and over and over the good qualities over and over again, uh, why she had the job and what I could learn from her, all the positive stuff. And really, I never said a word to her. I never. It all happened through the power of thought and that she started reacting to my new aura, which my new aura had different ideas in them. Instead of feeling all this negativity from me, she was suddenly feeling praise. And it changed the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, see, that's, that's a really good thing. Yeah, it changed the whole relationship. You changed it. Yeah, this is how powerful we are. We just don't realize how powerful our energy is and what we can do uh, to improve things for ourselves. And and it didn't take her changing or her doing a thing. It was about Mm -hmm. me being unhappy in the relationship, therefore me doing something about it. Yeah, so you took responsibility for the feelings and everything that was going on. I think that a lot of people miss that. They always are so quick to think, well, if I had been this way or if I could do this or if I could do that, maybe they won't be that way. And that's not, it's like you're changing yourself to be something for someone else. That's just not, that's just not happening, you know. You don't have to change who you are. You're perfect the way you are. You just need to change the way you're looking at something, the way you're thinking about it. Uh, In other mm -hmm. words, I thinking negative thoughts about this person and oh I never said it out loud she could feel them she could feel the negative thoughts and she reacted to them sure I, I was thinking positive thoughts about her she also felt that and she also reacted to that and so it's like I think that I'm sure Holly you've walked into a room or met new people and you had yes sometimes you have a very positive vibe from them sometimes you have a very negative vibe from them mm-hmm. and you have to trust that you have to trust that feeling because you're you're feeling everything that's going on around you. You're feeling, I, I think that we, you know what, I really believe that before we got here, before, after we got here uh, in the beginning uh, of, of testing the idea of matter, we didn't even have mouths to talk with. We didn't need mouths. We could communicate, communicate without a mouth. We could communicate through feelings and through thoughts. We, we knew what every, everyone else was thinking, and they knew what we were thinking, and we were perfectly happy with that. It's only when we forgot this wonderful way of communicating with each other that we had to find another way to communicate. Yeah, you know, you're talking about your inner voice and and instincts, like you said. I am totally 100% dialed into that. I I have met people, and you know, it's not it's not a matter of me judging. It's not judging. It just what is what feels right for me and what doesn't feel right for me. A lot of times I will meet somebody and I can usually tell within a few seconds of just being around a person or whatever, just meeting them, I can usually feel whether or not they're going to be right or not for me. And that, you know, and I'm not meaning relationship-wise. I'm talking about even someone I'm going to do business with or somebody that I feel if they're not on the same page, if they're not on or or they don't, you know, it just doesn't feel right like you said, and, you know, no matter how many times I've done that, and there are people in my life that I've I've felt that way with, and then I've turned around and I've tried to turn it around and tried to think of, of, of positive things and trying to make it, maybe it's just me, you know, but it's not. It's It's my instinct and my intuitiveness that is bringing me, and, and, and maybe it's a gift that I do have that, I know that I'm able to see and and feel um, about people. Um, you have that I inner guide. 
We all have that yeah. Some of us listen to it, some of us don't. But there's no reason that if you aren't listening today that you can't learn to listen. It's just uh, it's just uh, being open and, and allowing yourself to have feelings and trusting them. Uh-huh. Trusting and a lot of times people don't understand. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll meet someone and I'll walk away and then I'll think to myself. And you can usually feel, I mean, I... Well, I can't say you can usually feel because I don't know what everyone feels, but I know myself personally. If I meet somebody and the energy just doesn't feel right around them, I walk away from it a little bit and I, I, I kind of take it in a little bit. And then I think about it and then I go back. And if it's still there, then I know that there's something that I just need to, um, maybe it's just not the right time or the right right moment for me to have that person in my life. I don't know, but almost always, and it's really funny. Almost always, and I can say this, and I'm not saying this to be conceited, but there's almost I'm never usually wrong when I've met someone, and I felt like there was a bad energy or bad something or or something just didn't feel right. And as you said, listening to your inner God, um, later on down the line, that person has proved to be um, exactly what I felt. Um, And, you know, it's a matter of trust, too. You remember we talked about trusting others and feeling like if we talk to someone, um, we know that we can trust them with our heart and our feelings and stuff like that. That... That's not always you. You don't get that all the time. The truth you is, know, you can't you can't hide you can't hide from other people. You can't hide who you are from other people. They can feel who you are. Uh huh. If you never open your mouth, they can feel who you, they can feel who you are. So, uh, and you can feel how other people are. And if you aren't compatible, you don't stay together. You don't have something. If you don't have something to learn about yourself from the other person, then you don't you don't. You aren't compatible, and so you you separate, and you go you each go your own way. Uh, but now the, the idea that sometimes you have somebody in your life who persistently stays around because they have something to teach you about yourself. There's something that they're they're going through a similar phase of growth that you aren't willing to deal with or you aren't willing to face, and so they are there in your face to show you, take another look. I'm here because um, we have something in common, and we're we're both trying to move through it. Uh, a lot of times that is, I mean, when I, after I, I've been married twice and, and years after I was divorced from both of them, I went back and I did a little review for myself, asking myself, okay, how, how was, how were they my mirror at the time uh, when I was with them? I didn't have the information or the knowledge to do it when I was, when I was with them at the time, but later I could go back and I could say, okay, I see how we mirrored each other in several ways while I was with them. And after that mirror changed, after they were no longer my mirror, then we then the, the divorce came. And it just came, uh, it, you know, we can put a name on it, like divorce, but it, it is just a separation from someone because their growth is going in a different direction than your growth is going. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they go on to live whatever is timely for them, and you go on to live whatever is timely for you. Yeah, you know, that is very true. And a lot of times um, we can also, like you said, we can walk back in and we can see what we were supposed to learn from that. And I almost always 
have just kind of kept my distance from certain things, and then when I go and I am back in that situation and I'm around it, I sort of feel like if the feeling's still there that I knew it wasn't right to be around that, then I know that it wasn't just it wasn't just a moment that I was just going through. It was something that I knew that I was supposed to feel. So I think that I think that a lot of people don't listen to their well, I can't say I can't really say that. I can't really judge, but I'm saying that it's really important if we do listen to our to our um you know, inner voice a little bit more because I think our inner voice is giving us store, stories and 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 tales that we need to hear rather than um just ignoring them because a lot of times if we ignore them don't I mean you're not really being true to yourself and you're not really also being true to what your inner spirit is giving you the gift of knowing, right? Yeah, I think yes, we all we all have um uh, we all have the, the the knowledge of everything within us, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think where all knowledge resides within anyway. Uh the outside of our lives is all very temporary, comes and goes, changes, rearranges. Nothing is constant in the outside picture. Uh, of life, and uh, the only thing that is constant is the is the soul within us, and uh, that's where all information sources anyway. So when you get those feelings, uh, that's your guide trying to help you move in a direction that's productive and and uh, and listen. I mean, I, I don't think we come here alone. We have this wonderful essence within us that we just need to listen to, and um, and you know, I can only speak from my from experience. When I started listening, everything changed, and. Um, so and also how was that? What was that like for you when you had when you were able to hear hear the hear spirit and talk to spirit, and then you turned it off? Did you kind of feel tormented in a way, or not really tormented, but like you were being yourself? As a child, um, it was the end of the teasing of my sister, and so mm-hmm. it, it just I just put it out of my mind as something that. Um, was me. She made me feel crazy, so I didn't want to feel crazy. I didn't want other people to think I was crazy, and so I just put it out of my mind and, and left it behind. Uh, when I reclaimed it, um, it was like a miracle for me. It was like I was walking on air in a different world for a couple of months, so I couldn't keep my feet on the ground. I was so happy and so thrilled and so excited about the messages that were coming to me. So I, I think that it probably was supposed to happen that way. It was supposed to happen as a child so that I knew I had this gift so that later on when I when the, when my life was ready to turn around, there I could reclaim it. So, I mean, it's another example of how I feel everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Your soul, I mean, I, I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have even thought to do it uh, except that I knew I had done it before. And so, yeah, see, uh, see, you knew. You had yeah. that feeling inside. Yeah. And you and you listen to your inner knowing. Um, what advice would you give to any young adult or anybody that's listening that may be experiencing those inner voices that they really are ignoring it, or or they think they're crazy, or they don't understand? Well, we have two inner voices. We have the voice of love within us, and we have the voice of ego within us. Uh, the voice of love supports everything you do, thinks you're wonderful. Uh, praises you for everything accomplishment you ma- you make, um, urges you to love, release, and forgive, and move on. 
uh, and it, it's full of happy feelings. The other voice is the voice of ego, and the voice of ego is the exact opposite. It says you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you can't do it, you, you always fail, why try, uh, nothing ever works out, uh, everybody else is to blame, uh, you know, the world is warmongering, everything is going to pot, and so these two voices are always vying to be heard, and we are in charge of the voice we listen to. Uh, we can we can listen to, I mean, for instance, when I had this situation with this woman, I was listening to that voice that was finding everything wrong with her. And I was, I was honoring it, allowing it to be, until I said, wait a minute, I want to change the situation. I'm going to find the positive. And then I started listening to love. And this is what is, we, are all, we all deal with. Uh, because we're free entities, we come here with free will. We can we can listen to whomever we please. It's no different than if you have a lecture where the person is always admonishing you and telling you you should follow everything he says you should do, or you could go to a lecture where the person is honoring your individuality. You're the person who decides which lecture you're going to hear and which one you're going to go back and hear again. So th- this is the one you have the same choice within yourself. You have a choice of which li- which voice you listen to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people don't understand that either. They think they're crazy or they're hearing things. And I think that is a part of us having faith and also being able to understand a little bit more about getting more in touch with ourselves. And well, also, um, also a habit, um, Holly. Uh-huh. I mean, you're a child. You, you are told things by your parents, and so you believe what they say. So if they say you're no good, uh, you begin believing it, and then you start telling yourself you're no good. Uh, if you get old, as you get older, uh, and you realize that there's a, there's a whole world out there other than your parents, and there are people who are living happily and being happy, and who don't who don't tell themselves they are no good, they tell themselves they're wonderful, and then you realize that that maybe that's true for you too. So, but I mean, I think that you get into a habit of thinking a certain way. I certainly think I was in a habit of thinking a certain way of blaming other people, and I'm sure I remember it happening in my family of blame being around, and I got into the habit of blaming, and so it, it was the way the habit I lived. But I changed the habit, and habits can be changed. We 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 are in control of that. It's not like we are helpless. We can control the habits that we decide to form. You know, people get into the habit of smoking, and people say, well, they're hooked and they can't change. Well, that's not true. It may be more difficult to to change a habit like that, but it is still changing a habit. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, What advice would you give to somebody that really wants to stop smoking or stop being, you know, whatever it is that they're doing that they feel like, oh, I need to make a change, um, and it, they're having a really hard time with it, I always suggest that they get support and if, if, they, if they're having a hard time doing it on their own. But if, if it's something that really is something that someone doesn't really want to go get help for, what advice would you give to somebody that really wants to change something in their life and really, ha- and really make it work and stop smoking cigarettes or stop drinking that drink or whatever? I don't think there's anything you can do except stop doing it. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it is free will. Um, you can talk about you're going to stop, you're going to stop, you're going to stop, and that means you, you'll never stop. <laughs> you have to actually do it. You have to actually stop. That's the only way you stop. Yeah. You just have and to take action. You have to take the action to do it. 
And and I think support groups are wonderful. If it's easier if it's easier to take that action and stop with a support group, then that's where you need to be. Mhm. Yeah, I mean everybody I think, if some, I've yep, heard I've heard people say they stopped cold turkey. One day they smoked, the next day they didn't. I've heard people say they went to a help, uh, you know, a group, and it helped them to stop. So you have to do what works for you. But the only way you stop is by stopping. You know, yeah, it's not- you know, it's true. <laughs> you have yeah. to. You just have to make that decision. Yeah. And a lot of times, those decisions aren't really easy. So um, they're only as hard as you want to make it. But I feel, and I feel that um, it's important that people go, and if they do feel like they need some help, that they go and they get the help. And um, wherever that may be, um, either through a therapist or through, um, you know, a group, um, if you're, you know, AA um, or whatever you feel that is important because, you have to listen to yourself, and you're the only one that's going to know really what's going on with you. Um, because and if you're you around other people, yeah, go ahead. Have, I'm sorry, Betsy. Yourself, you have to get yourself to the to the AA meeting. You have to. You are the one who has to get yourself there. It can't uh-huh. be like maybe a friend will come along one of these days and take me to an AA meeting. I mean, you, you have know, to have the willingness, right? The you willingness. Have, you have to uh-huh. make that. It's all about you know we are autonomous beings. Uh, mm-hmm gift of free will, and we can decide. Uh, we decide almost everything. I mean, I I think we do come here with certain challenges that we set up beforehand, um, that we thought would would be you know would be uh, the kind of challenges that we needed. Our soul believed in because after all, our soul has a perspective that we don't have in our conscious minds. The soul has a perspective of everything that's happened before in our history, in our emotional history, and we only have what's happened in this lifetime to us. And so the soul has a, a bigger perspective, and it, and it it gives us, and we and we and it plans those challenges before we get here, the challenges that it thinks that, w- that will work. But once we live that challenge, it's up to us how we deal with it. It's up to us how we feel about it emotionally. It's up to us the opinion we take about it. It's up to us to uh, either grow through the challenge or to to blaspheme the challenge. It's that's all personal. That's our our own personal choice. Mhm. And I think that we all have to go through our own journey. We all walk our own journey. As in the be here now, be here now statement that I like to reference to, you know, being in the moment that you're in right now rather than living and saying, oh, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? Like that's your book, you know, the what if I, you know, book. Exactly. So yeah, what happens if I, yes. Uh-huh, yes. Exactly. And so what can we look for coming from you in the future? Are you going to be doing any speaking engagements soon or anything like that? No, there's nothing There's nothing uh, like that. Um, I just wanted to, to say something about the what happens if I go, because you said it was a lot of... Yeah, I want to hear about that. Well, I mean, when, when you were talking, the reason that you like the book is because I talk about the things that all of us go through. I, go, I mean, I talk about there isn't anything in that book that, that you haven't probably asked yourself, you know, what happens if I can't live without struggle? What happens if I never think I have enough money? What happens if I don't love the choices of those I love? I mean, we all go through the same emotional battles and the, it's the same emotional struggles, even though our lives all look different. 
and we all live in different places, the emotional journey is the same. And that's why, you know, people, when they read this book, they, they can so identify with it because I'm just talking about what we all go through. And that was the whole purpose of the book, uh, to write a book that spoke to, the, to the, the journey we are all on. You know, what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And, and, um, and I know that a lot of people have liked the book, and it's, that's why, because it's, uh, it's not just about my journey. It's about every journey. And uh, and I just had more fun writing this book because I had, I knew I never knew what was going to happen next. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I I hear I hear you on that one. You know, um, my studio is acting very strange, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to uh, keep us on the air. It's just um, I'm going to have to talk to them afterwards. I want to make sure everyone knows that if you were in the chat room and missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available afterwards on iTunes and on demand on Red Velvet Media. And I want to thank Betsy Otter Thompson for being here today um, because I know that she has such a a very um, important schedule and she always takes time out to be on my show. And I want to thank you so much, Betsy, because... You're always such a pleasure having on. It's it's always just been real. It's always really fun having you on the show. Thank you, Holly. Thank you for having because me. I always enjoy. We always these. hear something good. You know, it's um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just always, it's always really good stuff. And I think that there are a lot of things that we can learn from these shows. And I think that's my main reason. I want to make an announcement for anyone listening that tomorrow I am doing a special show. I don't normally do shows on Thursdays, but I am doing a show tomorrow live from the Apollo Theater with Shannon McDonald. Tomorrow, this week is the 50th anniversary, Betsy, of the Beatles coming to America. Can you believe that? Yeah, so um, I'll be doing a show with that. And then on Friday, a really cool show which I think you would really like, Betsy, is um, the Global Love Foundation. I'm going to have Harold Becker on talking about global love, the Global Love Foundation and um, what all the different things that are coming up with that. And so with Betsy Otter Thompson, I have posted Betsy's uh, website. It's BetsyThompson.com, and you can go there. You can check out the books. You can even check out some of the writings that she's done. What would be the best way to reach you, Betsy, if somebody wants to reach you? Well, they can reach me through my website. I have a contact um, uh, icon. They can Link punch. there, yeah. And you're also on Facebook. On Facebook. And Twitter. You're on Twitter. Yeah. And, and uh, Goodreads and uh, YouTube. I and love Goodreads. Goodreads is cool. Are you? I noticed you're putting some of your quotes on there. That's really cool. Yeah, so. Google. Google Plus. I'm on Google Plus. If anybody out there is on Google Plus, yeah. So I think that's really important. Everybody knows how to get in touch with you because um, I know a lot of people after the shows they will say, "Well, how do I reach that person?" or um, "How would I reach your guest?" and stuff like that. I just want to make sure everybody knows if you have any questions or any challenges in getting in touch with any of the guests that I've had on my show. Please email me at holly at redvelvetmedia.com, and I'm more than happy to help anybody get in touch with a guest um, that they feel that they need to reach. And Betsy, you do. Um, are you going to be doing some workshops soon at all on anything? No, I don't have any scheduled. Not right now. Well, we have to change that. 
<laughs> we're going to have to change that because I think I think it's really important. Your word is just it's really fun to talk to. It's really easy to talk to you. And I think you tell it like it is. I think that I would have loved to have been one of your children growing up. Cuz I think you would have been a great mom to listen to all the great things that what what's your relationship like with your daughters now and their painting and and stuff like that? Um where are you finding yourself on that? Oh, I'm excited. I'm thrilled for them. I I'm I'm just thrilled for them. I'm putting them every one of them out on my Facebook and I and, saw uh, them. I know they they get more of a response than I do. <laughs> no, those no those paintings are really really unique. They're really beautiful and um the style and the colors and all that. Make sure you tell your daughter that they are getting big ups from um their paintings. So, and hey. they're both painting. So that's yeah. interesting. Were they always interested in painting growing well, up? Well, one daughter, one daughter has been painting for years, and she also has a jewelry shop in, in, in upstate New York. Really? And then the other, yeah, and the other daughter has um, just uh, started painting a couple months ago. I knew when she was a child that she had this gift, but she had other things to pursue in the meantime. But she is back painting now, and it's unbelievable. So I'm thrilled for both of them because I'm, I love. I was an art major in college, but I didn't have the kind of gift they have. And I'm wow. thrilled. Blossoming, yeah. So your daughter has a jewelry shop in upstate New York. What part of upstate yeah. New York is it? It's a little town called Walton. Okay. I spent summers in New Kensington. Do you know where that is? No, I don't. It's it's somewhere near Poughkeepsie. That's all I know. Uh huh. I mean, that's I know what, how, upstate I, New York. I, I yeah. Did, but I, yeah, yeah. It's upstate. What kind New of York. jewelry does she have? Well, she has a lot of jewelry that she's designed herself. And, oh, um, awesome. And then she has other jewelry too, and um, she's had she's been a jeweler for a long time, and she paints on the sides, and um, now she's doing a lot of shows for her artwork, and she's just enjoying a lot of creative stuff. My kids are very creative, all of them. Have they ever told you that they have any of your children um, inherited your gift of being able to communicate spirit? Uh, well, I think they're they're very tuned in, but I, I don't know that they're. Uh, they have formulated it in that specific way. I I see spirit as coming out of them through their art. Uh, I mean, I think that that's the God within them expressing, um, and I think the God within all of us expresses in our own individual way. And so I think that they're going great guns with that God within them. <laughs> that's <laughs> fantastic. And you did a great out. job raising them. I mean, um, they must make you really proud doing this I artwork and. And then you have sons as well? I have two sons, yes. And what do they do? Well, I have a, I have a son in um in in uh, in um Olympia, Washington, and oh, wow. um he works for Goodwill, and then I have a a Aww. son who is um uh, close to me in Percocet, PA, and uh and he's kind of a a, a handyman kind of construction guy. But he yeah, also, he does a lot of things. Yeah, that's yeah, great. He also, he also draws, but he's not. He's not. Um, he draws beautifully, but he's not focused on that right now. So maybe that's a talent that he'll uh, encourage later on. But everybody has what they need to be doing when they need to be doing it, and that's part of my journey to trust. Exactly. To trust. Yes, and then I think. What's the weather parent, like there for you right now? I, we're I having, know that we're having. You're, <laughs> Ghastly weather with lots of ice and and snow and uh, so today electricity was out for a million 
a million Pico customers and um, no, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. And you're We've where a, exactly? What you're, are you outside of Philadelphia? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I need to I need to call back east because I have family back there and I want to make sure if if I'm I'm she said that the electricity was going on and off last night. I was speaking with my uh, with my stepmother last night because she's right there outside of uh, Philadelphia in uh, Wallingford, you know, out that way. Oh, I'm very close to her then. I'm in Warminster. So you, yeah, near the main line area. Yeah, oh, no, so she's over the main line. I'm not that There's the main that. line, and then you go up to Media and then right. um, Wallingford and Chadsford and, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that area. Yeah. That's, um, I love, I, it's just so beautiful there. I think I get homesick for that area in the spring because of the hyacinths that come up in the daffodils. Uh, when spring comes there, it's just beautiful. It's just so beautiful. The hyacinths just grow wild everywhere. They're just amazing flowers. Um, so you're in a really beautiful area. So I definitely need to check on her. I'm glad that you told me that. Yeah. Um, I know of California. Sure. You're in a you're in a big drought out there on the west coast, and we're well. We're in excess of moisture here. <laughs> not only are we in a drought, it's cold. It's only I mean, okay, I shouldn't say cold because I know you guys are experiencing sub-zero temperatures, but for us where I'm at, it is only in the 40s and the 50s during the day, and then it drops down into the 30s and the 20s at night. That's cold for us. Where are you? um, In Sonoma, in Northern California right now. So it's cold, and I know in Southern California it's, it's cold as well, and we're getting ready to get into another rainy season as well. So it's, um, you know, this time of the year, it's really odd. We get a lot of rain and then spring comes, but we're like in the dead of winter right now. It's cold. It's really cold, and I haven't experienced it being this cold um, ever in California, and um, I think it's that way everywhere right now. I think that the weather is really changing. Yeah, and I was speaking with my with my with my um, mom, and she told me that she's got like five or eight inches of snow in Ohio, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's there. Mother Nature is saying, "Wake up, guys!" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I want sure. to thank you so much again for being here today, and I'm going to end the show with a song that finally uploaded. Originally, I wanted to play um, a, a song called "The Wind" um, by Cat Stevens, but for some reason, it just would not upload to the studio. But I do have another song that I'm ending with, which is a song that I think is really important, has a really good message to it. Thank you so much for being here, Betsy. And again, if you missed the show, it will be available on iTunes and on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for my special edition. And it's going to be at 1 o'clock tomorrow, not 2. 1 o'clock tomorrow with Shannon McDonald. And with that, Betsy, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Holly. I've enjoyed it. You're so welcome. I love you. Okay, here you guys go.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.